non-rock a boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yes! 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 What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go in the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. Well, I, yeah. got, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth. And the coastlands wait for his law. Wow. That's amazing. That's Isaiah 42, y'all. You know that was in there, Luke? I think I've heard that before. I like that verse. Good. I've heard that before. I like Isaiah. It's a kind of a... See, this is what we were talking about last week with Hazakim on Apology Radio, which, by the way, seriously... Awesome. That was amazing. Yeah, that was a really good show. That was an excellent show. If you haven't heard that episode with Hazakim... Go to ApologiaRadio.com, get the episode with Hazakim and talk about the prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament. Man, that guy blessed me big time. Yeah, I really didn't know what to expect. I no. didn't know much about him. I was blown away. So. Yeah, yeah. so if you want to get your socks blessed right off your feet, go get the episode. I thought you were just going to stop there. Apologies. If you just want to get your socks blessed. <laughs> <laughs> Just your socks, not anything else. <laughs> so, if you're new to Apology Radio, that's the girl. That's who you just heard. It is. That's the bear next to me. Yo, yo. He's a big man. Over there is Nostradamus. In the house. In the house. Laren. Marcus. In the house. King Ginger, the producer. 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 The producer is on the ones and turf. Master of ceremonies. The producer. I'm a girl. I'm the ninja, and this is Apology Radio. Anyway, what we were talking about last week Hazakim about the prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament is that we, we were mentioning Isaiah has obviously the beautiful, expansive, detailed prophecy, Isaiah 53, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, his person is in Isaiah 9, you've got Isaiah 2, prophecy of his kingdom, Isaiah 9, prophecy of his kingdom, Isaiah 11. You got like this full orb view of the Messiah all throughout the book of Isaiah. But here's a good example of like, like um, God's intention in Messiah that I think sort of falls by the wayside a lot in our current culture, and I think that has a lot to do with um, whether or not we engage culture, whether or not we speak to the culture about the authority of Christ, the rule of Christ, and also God's law. 
Because in Isaiah 42, you've got God talking about the fact that one of his plans, and by the way, this is Isaiah 40 to 46 is the major section that Dr. White always says, if you want to see about the sovereignty of God, read that section in Isaiah. Hmm. So there's this big thing about God actually like um, controlling history, doing according to his will, declaring the end from the beginning. Anyway, so in that section, you have this expansive view of what God is in, God's intention is with the Messiah, and you see that God's not going to stop with the mission of the Messiah. Um, it's simply like private salvation, right? Individual salvation. But it's about God establishing justice in the world, and you see that his law is going to go forth. Mm. You, you see that again, by the way, in Isaiah chapter, or before that in Isaiah chapter 2, uh, the law goes forth from Zion. The, the word there is the Torah. The mm. Torah goes forth from Zion, and Zion is sort of like the, the central place of the people of God, and it's very beautiful Jewish language, and so you've got the law going forth from Zion. That's God's law, not man's law, right? That's right, God's law, the Torah. Um, and uh, so that's, I think that's awesome. You, you know, you think about the the show that we did with Hazakim guys we did we barely scratched the surface mm-hmm. on stuff of Jesus as a Messiah with the particular prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament and then the pattern prophecies we touched a little bit on that the symbolism um, but this is really cool stuff man I mean that's like that, that to me is is uh, is encouraging because you think about what we face a lot in our culture today in terms of like abortion we talk about gay marriage we talk about uh, the injustice of our prison systems you know things like that you know um, you know a lot of videos coming out right now and like the blessing of social media and the videos people recording police brutality those sorts of things mm-hmm. I believe that it's going to be um, sort of the, you know an opportunity for the Christian church to speak into this and I think if you ra- if you grapple with like Isaiah 42 you've got the light of God going to the nations the Gentiles coming to God but you also have God establishing justice us in the earth and you have his law and um and i think that that is something that we as christians should start to embrace um i think y'all need to be a part of the new puritanism yes sir and that's where you see all of life under the rule of christ every area of life um aimed at the glory of god whether it's um the sphere of the family the sphere of the church the sphere of civil government whether it's the arts whether it's the sciences whatever it is it's all to the glory of god that's how the puritans thought and the puritans believed that jesus was king reigning now and his kingdom would be victorious over the entire earth and they believed that every area of life was under the authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus says in Matthew 28, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey. Mm-hmm. That's the Great Commission. And uh, it's important, because we're going to talk about some stuff today. We're talking about, like, you know, like maybe Donald Trump. We're going to talk about some stuff Glenn Beck said on his show regarding abortion. Like, we have the answer. What's the reformed mantra sola scriptura there were several I didn't know what I was like I was like no I wait for it I was like "Mm." so one of the mantras the catch cries of the reformation is sola scriptura right that's the scriptures alone are the only infallible rule of faith and practice and so you think about the fact that we stand as reformed believers and the fact that the word of God is the foundation of everything you have a question that's where the answer is found. The truth of God, that's the standard. And so we would say at Apologia Radio, Apologia Church, that that doesn't stop merely at the functioning of the local church. It doesn't stop in mere, quote-unquote, spiritual matters. That truth of sola scriptura, in reality, 
what's behind it is the word of God is the authority and the standard of all of life. That goes to every single realm. And so like we are allowed as Christians to take God's word and actually use it as the filter of every single discussion that happens. If there's a question about justice in the world, our answer is, what does God say? Mm -hmm. If there's a question about what do we do about abortion? Our answer is, well, what is... Our question would be, what does God say about that? And we go to the Word of God. So welcome back, guys. Another episode. Very excited. Right now, God is using Apologia Radio to bring the message of the gospel throughout the earth. We um, we uh, have an ever-expanding um, base of uh, fans it's and doubled. supporters. It has doubled. It has doubled. Um, and it's doubled. It has. Pump up the base. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know where that came what? from. So, it's the base of listeners, yeah. and they're increasing. Oh, the base. Oh, the base. Wow. 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 So that, now I get it, dude. Okay. So, uh, dude. Oh, you. I saw the sign and opened up my eyes. You yep. ace of base. <laughs> oh. So uh, God's just doing really cool things, and we're blessed by all of you um, that are listening, that are sharing this. Um you know, in the end, this this ministry is about Jesus Christ. It's about His kingdom and His gospel. And, in, and you know what? In the in the hard moments of my life as a minister, that's when I fall back on. This is all about Jesus. It's not about me. And it's it's really humbling uh, at times when I I sit back and I think about all that God is doing in your lives as a result of the ministry of Apologia Church. So I'm I'm blessed to be part of it, guys, and I'm I'm humbled and honored. So grateful for you guys. All right. So what's happening in the world right now, guys? We got stuff happening. Hey, news news from HBO. Okay. They acquired the rights to Sesame Street. Wow. <laughs> I'm not joking. I, I, I don't even understand I that. I grew up. Yeah, so apparently there's only a 30-minute show on PBS now. And so HBO has acquired the rights to do more Sesame Street stuff on like, HBO. Like us. Like you can get That's exactly 30 right. minutes of it for free. Uh. But, Sesame Street all access. So there's like the, well, no, I think there's more like the government version. Oh, okay. Of Sesame Street, and now there's the corporate capitalist hmm. version. Maybe which, that's so they can, so the voice of Elmo can be immoral and nobody will care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So wow. okay, hey, hashtag shots fired. What's what what's the what's the situation with Sesame Street though? Expand on it. Well, I think like a few years ago, there was like a, I think it was in the presidential election with Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney wanted to defund PBS because he was like, the government doesn't need to be in television. Amen. 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 And it was a big deal. And Big Bird went on Saturday Night Live to complain about how Mitt Romney is... You know, destroying Sesame Street. Shut hey. up, Big Bird. Yeah, Big Bird's such a <laughs> socialist. Dang, bunch of union, bunch of union thugs. Yeah, and now, and now, <laughs> Sesame Street is a bunch of union thugs. <laughs> yes, I didn't, yes. I didn't know Big Bird was a Marxist. <laughs> yes. All right, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> well, it's just interesting that it was a big deal in the election, and now, on their own will, they've decided to go the corporate route. In, as opposed to the <laughs> government the, route, the government route, wow. yeah, because yeah. that that actually works when private <laughs> yeah. citizens are controlling right, stuff. Yeah, yeah right. you're actually successful in business when you're not the government. <laughs> yeah, and I think we're gonna have better Sesame Street episodes. Uh, yeah, now. 
Maybe. Not, maybe? Why? What would be it wrong? It might open the floodgates for, yeah. like, puppet nudity or something. Puppet oh. nudity! Puppet nudity! <laughs> Pup I was hoping it wouldn't go there. Puppudity? <laughs> Is you that there? Puppudity? Puppudity? What? Puppudity. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even include the sound <laughs> of a word. The hashtag, puppet. Hashtag puppudity. <laughs> well, hey, man. Hey, I, I'm, I'm reading the biography of Jim Henson right now, yeah. and... He was not a fan of the Muppets being used for children's purposes. He wanted them, he always wanted them for adult purposes. No so you never way! Know. Yeah. Tackle the, the Are current you events me? of huh. That's culture. Nuts, man. Yeah, like what would that be, Joy? Transgendered puppets. Trans Transgendered puppets. <laughs> Your hand trapped in a puppet's body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Wow. Love it. That's awful. <laughs> you heard it here. Hold on. First on Apology Radio. Yeah, next, and next thing you know... I'm still stuck on that. I don't even... I like it. There's like no it. sounds yeah. from the word puppet in that word. Well, you, you didn't like when I said pup... You didn't like when I said pup hoodity, so... Puppet nudity. nudity, not yeah. hoodity. It's, yeah. like, it's like Brangelina. Yeah, it's the right. same. Jerry's trying so hard to say something. You just need one word. It's the same. It is. <laughs> it's the same. Jerry, you got I could do anything. I could just say anything's the same. The funny thing is, how many of the Muppets actually wear clothes? They all, yeah... That's it's true. All, They're free riders. A lot of poodity going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised PBS would even pick that up. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe HBO will, will give it a platform for uh, Kermit to be more transparent about his uh, amphibian uh, identity issues he's having. And it's going to be on ABC. I, I really don't know if I am a frog anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, speaking of television, we have some big news. Do we? We have some big news. Do we? We do. We do. What's that? Apologia TV yes. is going to actually be on a national TV. TV. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hey, that's awesome. And uh, that's really a blessing. Hey, Marcus, I was, talking to, I was talking to Candy last night about the fact that I was like, think about it, babe. I said, in, in basically like five months since we've really gotten this rolling... God has us picked up on the NRB, um, and we just started. Like, I yeah. mean, you know, we just started. And um, I, I don't know, guys. I mean, I really, you know, I say this often, and Luke and I have said this a bunch. We feel like, like in this ministry of five and a half years that we're just spec spectating mm -hmm. at times. Like, he just keeps doing stuff um, that is really big and above us and, and, and beyond us. And... And that's just one of those examples. I mean, like, it's amazing, like, what God is doing. He's yeah. got Apologia Radio reaching around the world, bringing the gospel, encouraging people coming to Christ, people coming out of the cults, and, uh, you know, equipping Christians. And now we're on the television, like, October, right? Is it October? O October. It's the, it'll be on uh, Thursdays and Saturdays, starting the week of October 5th, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. And people can get the NRB... Um, Via Roku. Roku. They can get it on DirecTV. Okay. And it's streamed online. Is there, Do they have an app, too? You can do it from yeah, the app? Yeah, there is an NRB app. Too. Okay. Yeah, so, so Apologia TV will be on national television. Yes. And uh, you, all, all the after show content, the on the couch, yeah. Apologia Academy, everything but else. But if be, you can't wait till October to watch Apologia TV, right. if you sign up for All Access, you get every episode plus the after show right now. Yeah, and... So you don't have to wait till October. All Access, people are going to get the TV show before anyone else does. That's true. Always, right? That's, what is that, what is that Marcus, like a $15 donation? 
it's uh, only seven ninety five. Oh, only seven ninety five. Yeah. That's right. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. much that's, cheaper than fifteen. <laughs> that's an amazing deal. But you can donate fifteen a month if you want. Yes. There's an option for that. Yeah. So. And by the way, well, let me just say shout out to everyone who's all access. Thank you. Um, we're grateful, and I want you guys to understand how much that means to us. Uh, you are a significant part of this ministry. So when we joke about seven ninety five as a donation. Uh, that's because it's you know it's you know such a low amount of money uh, to give, but trust me, every single one of you guys that are participating, it's very significant. Well, because without it, it doesn't. This doesn't happen. That's right. That doesn't happen. So everything that we're doing, like it's because of God's grace, uh, giving us you and your support. So that's it. You are a part of this ministry. When all we're on, when we're the, oh, oh, whoa, oh, okay. it's on. When we're on NRB, are you allowed to say things like "Shut up, Big Bird"? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'm not gonna stop <laughs> just because I'm on the NRB. No, no, Jerry. When I when I first got here, I said it's really easy to do. Someone's just got to do it, and no one's doing it. Yeah, and we're proving it. Amen. All right, guys. So we got a good show. We got to. I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of uh, give you a little teaser in a little bit here on um, uh, of uh, for our apology all access. The first thing we're gonna do is on Mormonism. I'm teaching that. It's going to be coming soon. We're working on it now. And so be looking forward to that. We're going to give you a little teaser of it. Just what's it like to dialogue with a Mormon. Uh, that's coming up next and a couple other things. So very excited about the show. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. ApologiaRadio.com is where you get us. Sign up for all access there. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Waterboy with Apologia Radio. I want to ask for y'all good friends of ours to go on and click that button there and become my friends on the book face. Facebook backslash Apologia Radio. Become my friend on YouTube. That there uh, twerker. The twerker. I want to I talk to you on the twerking. And send me out a twerk. What? Where? What? Twitter. Apologia Radio on Twitter. I also want to tell you we talk about apologetics and theology and we do a lot of swing dancing and we make a delicious chicken gravy. ApologiaRadio.com It's a really funny article. He's coming to Arizona. Did you know that? I, kn- I saw you said Chandler, that. Chandler, Arizona. He so, comes here all the time, man. Yeah. And I, Well, I sent an email to his manager hoping to get oh. an in-person interview when he comes. So Tell him we play his stuff more than anybody. Well, then he might charge us, so I didn't tell him that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're allowed to use that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, hey, that's cool. So do you know where in Chandler he's coming? Uh, no. Okay, we're going. We're going. Wait, when when's he coming? October second. Okay, good. I yeah. Uh, Usually I'm, he comes to. Well, if we get an uh, in-person interview, I hope you would go, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually he goes to the marquee, so I'm I don't know where he's playing. Yeah, I, I'm doing uh in October. The uh, by the way, that reminds me. I'm in October. I'm doing the Bonson Conference. Man, I'm honored to do that. 
The Bonson Conference. Yeah, you bring it on down to Bonsonville. Bring it on down to Bonsonville. Wait, what is that? I was afraid I didn't of Bonson. It's, it's okay. a conference about Bonson, Johnson. It's, a, it's uh, I'm actually very humbled. Um, I, I am, really. Like, I'm very humbled to be a part of this. So it's the Bonson Conference, and um, David Bonson, Greg Bonson's son, is going to be there. Um, and uh, Scott Oliphant, uh, oh, Joel, wow. Joel McDermott, uh, me, Cy... I mean, there's like a bunch of like presuppositional apologi- mm-hmm. uh, apolo- apologists coming and speaking at the Bonson. I'm I'm really humbled that I was that I was asked to do this. So I'm I'm excited. So the Bonson conference is in California. Just look it up somewhere. We're gonna have some exclusive all access content from there too. Yes, Marcus is gonna come, and we're gonna do. Uh, do oh, some I bet stuff. Marcus is happy. He gets to go on a trip finally. Yeah. <laughs> he gets to see Sai. <laughs> Believe me, it'll be labor. Yeah, I get to see his buddy. Well, he's Sai's coming here soon. Yeah, hopefully. 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 Oh, really? We yeah. love we love Sai. All right, so uh, Jerry, tell us about this very interesting article we found. Yes, so speaking of Joel McDermott, I saw him share this on his Facebook page this morning, and um, this story speaks for itself, so I'm just going to re- read it as is, and you guys can comment if you want to, okay? So here's the headline. Customer sues Throwed Rolls restaurant after being hit and injured by a roll. <laughs> okay, freeze. Just real fast. I saw this restaurant on the Food Network. They they go around the restaurant with like a basket of rolls and they toss rolls ac- across the restaurant. And from what I understand, when you want one. people raise their hands. Yeah. From what I remember, and they're like, "Hey, roll!" And like, "Hey, there's your roll!" Like you know, and they throw rolls. Now are they hard, crusty rolls? <laughs> I think or are they like soft dinner rolls? I think they're like kind of a combination, maybe it's kind of a little yeah, crispy. Yeah, little crusty on the outside and soft in the inside sometimes. Kind of like, kind of like you, Jerry. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't even know what that means. So here we go. Here we go. <laughs> saw, we just compared Jerry to a roll. I'm not sure how to feel about any of this, but go ahead. Go ahead. Here, here we go. A go, well, go ahead, Jerry. A well-known... Go, go ahead. A well-known Missouri Who? restaurant known for being the home of throat rolls Maybe in some hot water over a guest who allegedly received a roll-related injury. <laughs> when they asked the restaurant for a comment, they were like, that's just how we roll. <laughs> uh, 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 I'm having to say call it, call it restaurant, because I think that's how they say it in the Midwest. Um, it's so, not in the Midwest. No, Missouri. I'm from the Midwest. Restaurant. They definitely don't say restaurant. Missouri? Missouri. I wouldn't I know. think you just want to say restaurant. Maybe the South. You can maybe say the South. Restaurant. I don't know. I think I'm with you. Missouri might say it like that. Yeah, I think maybe. Never know. Not, not where you're from, You Missouri. never know. They say it like that, but you never know. Never know. Maybe we have some listeners. Maybe we have some listeners in Missouri who can let us know. So, uh, Lambert's Cafe, which features dinner rolls, being thrown at guests by the room, by, by the room. Sir, <laughs> across the room by service to guests is being sued. The suit is being filed on Tuesday by Troy Tucker. This customer claims to have sustained a lacerated cornea. <laughs> <laughs> That's some serious business. It gets, it gets better. With vitreous detachment to all head, neck, <laughs> eyes, and vision were severely damaged after being hit by a dinner roll during the visit in September of 2014. This Tucker. is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it gets better. Tucker is seeking $25,000 to cover medical bills and legal fees. The restaurant's carelessness and negligence, as a lawsuit alleges, has allegedly caused expenses totaling to $10,000. Oh, give me a break. The lawsuit claims that the restaurant should have known about the dangers of roll tossing involved in their signature practice. 
Don't yeah. you know they about knew- the dangers of roll tossing? They knew they could, but they never stopped to ask if they should. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he should Maybe he should have rubbed some butter on his eye. <laughs> okay, so I Maybe. believe that his eye could be damaged by like by a roll. But I don't believe that he I, got whiplash that extended damage to his head and neck. Can you imagine slow motion of the roll coming across the restaurant? Oh, I'd love to see that video. Because ah. I, I just think, like, off the get-go, this is the most unmanly story that I could recently think of. I, mean, I think of watching, like, UFC fights where there's an accidental eye gouge, and it's it's hard. When you play the replay, everyone in the restaurant's like, oh, my gosh, like, that was a horrible the eye gouge. The restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. If it's in Missouri, they're watching the UFC Missouri in the restaurant. <laughs> in Missouri. But you'll see this guy like in, in a like a UFC fight and he'll get a really brutal eye gouge and he'll take a minute, like, oh, that kinda hurt. And he's like, all right, I'm good. And they'll they'll high five and start beating the crap out of each other again. I'm like, that's manly. You're 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 going through an eye gouge. And this guy is a rule just hits him. And it's like Is it a man? Yeah, how do oh, you shame on him? How do you get but how do you get I don't whiplash? Know. Does he have a beard? No, <laughs> he doesn't. No way. No. The, the beard would have deflected it. Yeah, right. No the way. Beard, the beard would have lifted up and blocked. <laughs> <laughs> it would have lifted up and <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, roll. Stupid roll. How do you spell Missouri? M-I-Z-E-R-A. <laughs> Missouri. This is... All right, so this is the last segment. You got to hear this, too. So Johnny uh, Fugit of the Riverfront Times points out that Tucker may not have much of a case considering that back in June... Slugger and the Kansas City Royals were deemed to have not been at fault after a after a thrown hot dog hit a man in the face and tore his retina. So apparently, wow. food, food tossing wow. related incidents. Apparently, hot dogs that didn't only can they be dangerous. They don't do so well in court. No, not so well. <laughs> I'm really in awe of this story. People really claim their retinas torn from like a a hot dog. Wow, I didn't know you could do so much damage with food. Yeah, really. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, if it caught you just right. But this guy's, like, he's saying that it damaged his neck. Like, how would that have happened? How big was that roll? Right? How fast <laughs> did they throw it? I can't give it was you like the whiplash. size of a couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's their thing. That's what the restaurant's not telling you, is they have huge, like, couch-sized rolls. Man, I, I think people that are, like, violent criminals, like, that hurt people, like, maybe the mafia, like, they're, like, they're going, hmm, rolls. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I'll use that next time. <laughs> Unless they have, like, a bow and arrow with, like, a roll instead of, like, a... a Regular arrow tip, just like a roll at the end of it, and they shoot it. <laughs> now, now that, the, that might be grounds for some some injury. The arrow tip for the roll. Now the cops are going to get rid of their tasers and carry rolls. There's going to be anti-roll uh, regulations going roll, on. Roll guns. <laughs> this is a roll-free zone. Joy actually had a really good idea for maybe the next time for Apology of TV is that we hu- have, we have just a huge basket of rolls. That's going to be our new thing. Yeah. I just mean like that restaurant can do it. We yeah. can do it. We can throw rolls. I'm going to throw him right at your eyeball, Jeff. And hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. We could just test it. We could see if our retinas get torn. Yeah. Let me just do a little... Still, Open yeah. your eyes real wide. Let's line. do a video. I <laughs> <laughs> put in slow-mo. Can we do it, Marcus? We can do slow-mo. Can we do a slow-mo in front of the green screen over there? Luke or Joy can... Or Jerry can just chuck a roll up his rolls. <laughs> let's oh, let's no. test it. Let's test it out. All right. See so, if your neck gets hurt. Speaking of roles, um, we're gonna have Apology Academy. Uh, <laughs> just trying to make everything a <laughs> way to roll into that segment. Thank you yeah. very much. Um, uh, Apology Academy coming up soon. 
is going to do um, an academy, a class on Mormonism. And so I'm going to be teaching that. I'm going to try to go into some of the history of Mormonism in that. I will give you guys required reading material. And um, I'm working on it right now. I'm trying to figure out how the best way to make sure I put together um, a very, very helpful session on how to reach Mormons. And so I hope that this is something that will bless you uh, in your ministry to Mormons, will help to educate the Christian church on uh, how to reach Mormons. And I, and I hope that you're able to use this stuff when you guys get into conversations with your Mormon friends and neighbors. I am encouraged when you guys uh, share stuff on social media and you're like, hey, you know, I witnessed a Mormon elders today or my Mormon family member and I used uh, some of the material that I learned on your videos. Uh, by the way, if you don't know where those are at, just go to Apologia Studios on YouTube and we have lots of videos talking to Mormons. Um, there, are, there are actually, I think, just hours and hours of conversation there. You guys can actually listen to us engaging Mormons. Well, here's one example of, uh, this is actually years ago. This is, like, this is really not long after we had um, started Apologia Christian Ministries. Um, this is a conference little thing we did. I think it was a conference. This is before you hit puberty, wasn't it? I think so, because that was like 34 <laughs> for me, and then it happened. You had, no, um, you had no beard. No beard. You sound like you're 16 years I old. I think so. so. Oh, and you're constantly being hurt by rolls. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, a conference uh, that we did in town uh, at a pretty, pretty large church, um, and uh, we allowed uh, Mormons. Uh, one thing I learned from Dr. Walter Martin, uh, who wrote the book, The Kingdom of the Cults, and who started the Christian Research Institute, um, he would always do these talks on Mormonism or the Watchtower or whatever he was doing, Christian science, and he would always have the churches that were participating um, invite those cults to come and to listen and to ask questions afterward. And I learned so much early on as a Christian from Dr. Walter Martin just by listening to him defend the faith um, and engage those who were in the cult. So like a lot of my early theological training was from Dr. Walter Martin's tapes uh, where he would do this sort of thing. So when we did this, we did the same thing. So make sure you invite Mormon friends and neighbors and let everyone come as Mormon. They can ask questions afterwards. Well, this is a gentleman who actually knows me uh, and he is a local Mormon who we have run into at the Mormon temple during our evangelism a number of times. Well, he showed up at the conference that night and when I was finished speaking, um, he uh, started asking questions. So here it is. Do you believe that God came... Well, let's, let's, let's make it even easier for everyone to understand. Do you believe that God became God, sir? I believe in some... When God uh, created this earth, He became our God. No, do you believe that God became God? I don't, I don't believe that He became God in His nature. Well, then you disagree with Joseph. Joseph says this. Let me, let me quote your prophet. He, he said the same as Jesus Christ. To be, no, to be, to be fair to your prophet, let me quote him. Joseph Smith, Journal Discourses, Volume 6, page 3, 1844. It is necessary that we should understand the character and being of God, being of God, and how he came to be so. He says this, For I'm going to tell you how God came to be God. We have imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity. I will refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see. Your own prophet just refuted what you said. No, as you, as you said in the beginning, there are terminology differences and there's different meanings of the word God. You, you said being. Sir, you said the word being. That's the word that Joseph used there. And he said that he became God. I would say that that was the same meaning of the word God. Well, let's, let's, get, let's dig into it. God himself was once as we are now and is an exalted man and sits enthroned in yonder heavens. That is the great secret. 
you think, and he goes on to say, the same as Jesus. You, no, no, he says, well, he, he says, you have got to learn to be, you have got to learn to become gods the same way all gods have done before you. Now, how could you tell us that you believe Jesus is the eternal God when Joseph said God came to be God? So, uh, yeah. Is that in a cassette tape? Well, you know, we have advanced a bit in the area of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, is it good? It, it's, or is it whack? That was whack. Science. <laughs> this is about. Um, and yeah, that was a little handheld recorder um, that uh, was just recording next to me on the stage because um, they didn't have uh, any recording devices that night at that church that were operable. So, um, it was pre, pre-Pittman. Uh, pre, that's our pre-Pittman days. Wow. And uh, come a long way. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. This is really cool. Um, we have a lot of videos up on our YouTube channel of us actually dialoguing with atheists, dialoguing with Jehovah's Witnesses, dialoguing with Mormons. And what's interesting is that these videos, there's like tens of thousands of views in these videos. People have used these videos to, uh, to play at their church Bible studies, to... Um, to learn how to engage Mormons, um, say. So, um, and in those videos, many of them are were just, you, we just basically recorded with like a $30 recorder from Radio Shack. Yeah. And we took the audio and we just put it up without any kind of uh, visuals up on YouTube. And it, God has used that very simple thing uh, to change the world in many ways, in many respects. Does Radio Shack even exist anymore? It actually does. I think they filed oh, for does. bankruptcy. Really? They're kind of neat. They though. came back. They had. They, they, had, they yeah. came back. Yeah, they're interesting, oh. right? You know what's cool is all the stores are reopening. Again. I had to go in there a couple months ago to pick something up for us for the ministry, and they have all kinds of really cool stuff now, like some pretty great stuff. Like you get oh, like okay. a Best Buy or, so, or yeah. something, and um, and they let you. Uh, say pay pay for like a year, like you, oh, wow. you get the product, and you can pay for like a year on the product. That's kind of interesting. So you know, you know who you else has away. cool stuff? Who? Amazon. They do. <laughs> and they with Amazon, do. same day. You don't need to go to Radio Shack. That's right. That's right. I love Amazon. I can't wait till the drones happen. It's going to be awesome. That's going to be crazy. I'm excited. And I wonder how many times get shot down. going to get shot down. Someone's someone's going to shoot him down. That's gonna happen. It's gonna some crazy yeah. guy is gonna shoot down an Amazon drone. Or some some military personnel is gonna think it's we're being attacked. And yeah, and I'm sure some people find a way to show that that's a sign of the end times. <laughs> yeah, drones. If you haven't revelations, seen <laughs> revelations talking about the Amazon drones in if the you, air. If you haven't seen, yeah, They're right, dropping, dropping the marks of the mark of the beast on us all. Um, yeah. if you haven't seen uh, the mark of the beast is Amazon Prime account. The Amazon. <laughs> <drones>. <laughs> <laughs> Go to YouTube, type in Amazon drone, and you can see this like 60 second video on Amazon drones. And it's pretty cool stuff, man. I mean, that's crazy. I wonder if you could buy the market that be on Amazon Prime. No, you probably can. There's probably lots of books on it. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, there's been times, has it ever happened to you where like it's like midnight, and I'm like, oh, we have someone at church that needs this book. I got to get it, and I gotta, I'm going to see him today for counseling or something. And so I'll, it'll be midnight. I'll go to Amazon, I'll buy the book, and I've had it come to me by the morning before I get up. Mm. Like, I That's get, crazy. It's I at my house. Happen, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it really is amazing. So, all right, guys, here we go. So we're going to talk for a moment here about this clip of Mormonism, and then we're going to leap into some other stuff, very important stuff, cultural stuff happening right now. Donald Trump, Glenn Beck, very cool stuff. We're going to talk about bribes. I don't know how cool it is. I, I mean, you I, know. I mean, kinda... it's an interesting conversation <laughs> that you generally don't hear on Christian talk shows. Uh, so we're going to do it right here apologiaradio.com is where you get us share an episode let the world know y'all
But in order for me to tell you the good news, I must share with you the bad. A beard can be a most magnificent thing, but it can also be the downfall of a man. An unmaintained beard prevents a face from shining. An unmaintained beard causes dry, itchy skin. An unmaintained beard is a source of beardruff. You know, like dandruff, but beardruff. An unmaintained beard is sharp and ruthless, like iron bristles, not good for the lady friend. An unmaintained beard forfeits future growth based on the lack of preparation today. And let's not forget that an unmaintained beard robs your face from smelling amazing. Let not thy beard be thy downfall. Protect your manlyhood. An epic combination of manliness and manhood. If you are hearing this today, there is hope for your beard. Go to yukonsbeard.com and enter the code APOLOGIA and you can save some money while you save your face. I'm a bear. I'll bring you bear <laughs> That's your backtrack. <laughs> my, one of my friends just sent me this right before the show. That's good, dude. Oh, sounds like a segue from The Walking Dead. Um, you're The Walking Dead two weeks. Actually, less than that, a week and a half. You watch Hell on Wheels? Yeah. I just finished up the first season. Amazing. Oh, dude, you don't even know yet. First season was like boring compared to. It's season five just started. It's ridiculous. Sorry. Are we recording a show? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're on. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> Are we on? How much time? How much time till we're on? <laughs> Microphone check. Um, um, so let's talk about that clip for a second. All right, you're talking to your Mormon friend. And um, they might use Christian terminology and say things like they believe in the eternal God. As a matter of fact, the Book of Mormon even uses that, uh, those words, the eternal God. Um, the problem is, is Mormonism does not believe in eternal God. Um, in the King Follett discourse, uh, Joseph Smith's most famous discourse where he was um, very, very clear about his view of God and uh, what he taught as a, quote, prophet. Um, Joseph Smith said that uh, God was once a man and that um, he became God. I'm going to tell you how God came to be God. Uh, he actually says there, um, we've imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity. I will refute that idea and take away and do away the veil so that you may see. So Joseph Smith explicitly denies uh, that um, there is an eternal God. And yet, when he wrote the Book of Mormon, uh, created this story and uh, plagiarized from the King James Bible, um, he uses Christian, Christian terminology like eternal God. So there's always a conflict, isn't there? And Joseph Smith's views uh, evolved over time. Uh, Joseph Smith was a product of his environment. Uh, he was raised um, in the Northeast where there was a heavy Christian influence. Uh, you had Presbyterians, you had Northern Baptists, you had um, Methodists, uh, Episcopalians, you have uh, Anglicans. They were all around. And Joseph Smith was, again, a product of his environment. He spoke Christianese. He knew the language. But as you watch Joseph Smith's teaching change over time, you see there's a consistent movement towards polytheism. And Joseph Smith, by the end of his life, before he was murdered in Carthage, um, taught at the King Follett funeral uh, uh, that God was once a man that who became God. 
God has not always been God, and you've got to learn to become gods yourselves the same way all gods have done before you. And here's the thing. Besides all the finagling of the ver- and all the all the twisting of the verses and the trying to pour new ideas into the language, you cannot remove yourself from the fact that the Bible teaches there is only one true and eternal God who has been God from all eternity into all eternity. Psalm 90 verse 2. And that's a clear biblical thing and truth. Mormons, of course, want to try to adopt Christian language and then um, pour different meanings into that. But it's really impossible. So when you have a Mormon you're talking to and you quote, say, God in Isaiah 43.10, before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. And you compare and contrast that to Joseph's revelation in the King Follett discourse. Um, no matter what they say, you cannot get away from the fact that God is the only God, none before, none after Isaiah 44, 6 and Isaiah 44, 8. And it's important for us as Christians in dialogue with Mormons to not allow the slippery answers. Just keep pressing God's word. When they say, oh, but yes, but, but, but no, just keep pressing the scriptures because it's eventually and ultimately going to be the word of God that converts any sinner. And so it's not about, you know, just constantly trying to go back and forth. And it, I mean, honestly, it's just the word of God. It's just the word of God. Scripture, scripture, scripture. And that's what God uses to change hearts. Yeah, and it's important to note, too, that even when you start describing the terminology differences to a Mormon, you start going into the differences between Mormonism and Christianity. A lot of times they'll use Christian terminology in a very slippery way to sort of answer I'll respond to you. For example, you, you know, being out of the temple, for example, you say you believe you're going to become a God one day. Well, um, well, we only, well, we just want to be perfect because our heavenly father is perfect. Right. That's a great example. Or, and you can, you can obviously respond to that in just a second, but also another one too. Um, well, they'll say, well, you believe in many gods. Well, we only worship the God of this earth. Yeah. And so they'll kind of sort of say it without saying it. And, and it's interesting, too. I mean, sometimes you'll have LDS folks who are very just blunt and upfront. Yeah. And they'll say, yeah, I'm going to become a God one day. Absolutely. Yeah. But most of the time, you'll get kind of those sort of, they, they like to say, you, they use that terminology in order to respond in that way. Yeah. And, and the, the, the struggle we all have, we all know this. Joy's been out there. Luke's been out there. Jerry's been out there. Marcus, you're coming this year. But... Yeah. You know what's interesting? I know nothing about Mormonism. It's just not a thing in the Bible Belt. Yeah, mm. yeah, interesting. It's not a thing. You better study up. So, yeah. Well, I need to get an academy going. So <laughs> I, can, I can learn about it before. In the Wild West here, son. Well, hey, hey, you know what's awesome? Is that this year's content from the temple is going to be better than we've ever had before. Because Marcus is going to be there. Oh, yeah. Filming. Yeah. yeah. And so we'll get actual amazing footage. When is footage. that, by the way? That's going to be in November to January. Oh, it's that long? Like it's basically, it's Thanksgiving, it's basically to Thanksgiving to January the 2nd. It's like Mormon Christmas season, It's the Christmas or? lights. And so, there's thousands oh. of people that show up to the thing every day oh, okay. for over a month. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. it's a really great opportunity. Um, but uh, but the, the thing that all of us have struggled with the most, I think, with the modern Mormon, right, guys, is the fact that the Mormons there... Today that you talk to outside the temple, they don't even know Mormon theology. And I've actually borrowed yeah. now. I've, yeah. I, ta- I take what Jerry... I'm gonna, Joy, I want to hear what you say. I'm I sure ta- I'm going to say exactly what you're about to well, say. Well, I, I take what Jerry says now. He said it before, and now I actually use it in my teaching, that you have to essentially convert modern Mormons to Mormonism first before you can convert them to Christ. 
In mm. other words, you have to educate them on what their church teaches. It's true. Yeah. And they're very, and a lot of them are very, uh, just very, even postmodern in a lot of ways. Yeah. Where if you think about just the whole initial claims of the LDS church that Joseph Smith had this vision that all other Christian churches are apostate and an abomination, that seems to be an absolute and direct claim. And most of the time when you start talking about making up that, telling them that difference, they'll just be kind of like, oh, well, you know, what's Christian? We're Christian. What's true for you? And it's like, do you even take Joseph's claims? Do you take the first vision seriously? Yeah. Yeah. We we are. (laughs) We take it very seriously. Yeah. Even what, five years ago, they would have said that we would go to outer darkness, you know, but now they, now they say, well, you'll probably make it to the first level of heaven because you're sincere. You just, you have the wrong understanding. Yeah. Joy, what were you going to say? Oh, well, earlier I was going to mention Jerry's thing. Yeah. That he said, sorry. Was, no, no, no. It's you okay. want to go ahead and say it? So. <laughs> 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 I'm going to say it better. Okay. No. Um, and then I just forgot what I was going to say. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, what I was going to say is that, um, what you see there is what's true of basically any non Bible believing religion is that they're the ultimate authority, mm. obviously. Yeah. So like they don't they don't need to look at the claims of the supposed objective truth. They just have to kind of be like diplomatic. If it makes them uncomfortable to tell someone they're going to outer darkness, they don't have to. They don't really like if something seems crazy, maybe they just say like, Oh, well, I don't believe that. Mormons don't believe that, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it, it, can I say this too? Just and I want to go into the this discussion on Trump right after this. Um, uh, let me pull up the video here real fast because I think it's good. Can can we talk about the different speeds you need to go? Um, uh, let me get this video real fast. Okay, so the different speeds. What I mean by that is is here I am at a conference and I'm trying to be very gracious to to this guy and um, trying to you know be loving to him and patient. And so that's that's one speed, right? Um, but then there's also the fact that we're outside of um, a Mormon temple. These Mormon missionaries are daily uh, preaching a false gospel. They're going door to door. And so, so when we're out of the temple, we try to engage the Mormon missionaries as often as possible. And, and it con- con- contextualize this for a second. They are preaching a message of death, mm-hmm. right? So these missionaries daily in my city in my city, which is under the feet of Jesus, are bringing a false gospel to people's doors. They're at the Mormon temple during the Easter pageant. They're actually taking visitors and they're walking them around the temple and they're setting up appointments. They use it as an opportunity to start uh, getting people into the Mormon church. And so the, so for me, there are moments where you, you do have to be direct, honest, straightforward, breathe fire. And here's an example of us outside the temple last year some more missionaries were trying to avoid us uh, and, and they were actually taking visitors around. And when I see that, that's when I respond with a little bit of fire because now they're leading people astray and I'm watching it happen in front of me. So this is uh, some more missionaries kept walking past us. They were trying to ignore us. And here's some right now that we're walking people around the temple. Elders, have you ever seen any of Joseph Smith's false prophecies? No, we don't listen to those. Probably. You don't listen to your prophets? We listen to our prophets, but those... So when he said Jesus them. was going to return in 56 years, he and he did that. He did. You want to show you where? I know that the Book of Mormon is true, and that's how I know that Joseph I'll bear my testimony. The Book of Mormon is a false That was instantaneous. Gospel, so Joseph Smith. We can't get anywhere by bearing our testimonies. We have to go to the Word of God. Joseph taught you that you can become a god one day. God says there's no gods before and none after. By the way, uh, we're on the street corner. There's a light. They're standing in line waiting for the light to turn green. 
This is yeah. happening so fast because they're trying to walk across the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing my best to hit them with as much truth as possible yeah. before that light turns green and they walk across the street. So you're like, why is he going so fast? Like, because they're about to walk across the street and uh, they got people with them. You guys go door to door preaching the gospel of works and faith, which is condemned by God in scripture. Your prophet gave false prophecies and contradicts the scriptures. We care for you guys. That's why we're here. Have you ever seen one of our tracks compares the Bible with the Book of Mormon? You know, you know when you're if talking you read, to them, yeah. you must tell them that you love them. Oh, we just did. Yeah, that's what know, I said. First of all, you love them. That's what I just you, did. Before you talk about the false prophets, because they love Joseph Smith. You just tell them right. you love them. Yeah, we, we love them, and, and we've got to let them know that Joseph's a false prophet. He gave false prophecies. He led you after other gods. And the reason I'm being so direct with you guys is you guys are on your mission every day going door to door, preaching about what Joseph taught, that he was a prophet of God. But did you ever test Joseph according to God's test of a prophet? How is that? Did you, uh, Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 4 says that if someone comes and has signs and wonders, but they lead you after other gods, they're a false prophet. So even if it looks good, but they lead you after other gods, in other words, they contradict what God has already said, that's how you know they're a false prophet. Joseph gave us a new vision of God as a man who became a god one day, and you guys can become gods too. That's a different god. And so that's why we're here talking to you. Well, you know, can I, I respect can I you and what you're doing because you have beliefs. But nothing you can say can change my belief that I know that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't believe that I can change your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. But, but have you tested Joseph according to God's test? Because your I belief about to know because that's how we find truth. Is well, Muslims have prayed about Islam. Are they wrong? Who knows? They believe Jesus is not I the Son of God. It. Who knows? See, that's, that's a great example of postmodernism. <laughs> there you go. Who knows? Are they right? They say well, that Jesus isn't the, isn't the divine son of mm. God. He didn't he really believe Joseph Smith's first vision that the LDS church is the one true church to be established on the earth. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, of course. Right. But they just have automatic mantras they go to. Yes. And you notice um, how when that, you can rewind it to listen. Um, rewind it and listen. When I started confronting him with, with truth, he immediately yeah. bore his it, it was bearing his testimony. <laughs> That's the quickest I ever heard. Right. And uh, here's why. Because they are taught in their missionary training manual, and when they go to missionary training, that if you... And I have the manual. Yes. Uh, I was able to get it. Jesus gave it Did to me. Did you say you have Emmanuel? Uh, not like the golden plates, but Thank this you, was... Wesley. A Mormon came to Christ... And missionary at the temple, and he gave me all the manuals. And all, so I have it. I have. I don't think all. you caught what I said. Why well, didn't? What'd you say? I said, did you say you have Emmanuel? <laughs> I actually do. <laughs> um, and he and he has me, and he'll never, and he'll never lose me. Juked. Emmanuel <laughs> um, juke. Uh, so um, anyway, so in the missionary training manuals are told that if you cannot answer a question, you get yourself stuck. Just bear your testimony. That's why I interrupted him to get him off his game. To get him off his game, uh, he's told to bear his testimony. I said, "Well, I bear my testimony to you that Joseph Smith's a false prophet, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Saints, false church." Because where are we going to get in each of us bearing our testimonies? Nowhere fast. It's the Word of God. It's the standard. That's where we go to, and that's where you need to bring your Mormon friends and family to. Check us out on them internets. Apologia Church. Sorry, Apologia Studios on YouTube, and you can listen to all this content.
Hi, this is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio. You can get us at ApologiaRadio.com. I'm also the pastor at Apologia Church in Tempe. You can get us at ApologiaChurch.com. I want to invite you guys to join us for worship, the word, and fellowship on Sundays at 4 p.m. And that's Joy Tempe. Hey there. We are a family-integrated church, so we invite you to bring your whole family to worship with us. This is Luke Pearson, the minister bear, also discipleship pastor at Apologia Church. Like Jeff mentioned, we are now meeting at a new location and time, 4 p.m. on Sunday afternoons at Arizona Community Church. That's 9325 South Rural Road and Tempe. We're meeting in the community center, and that is between Warner and Ray off of Rural. Again, you can reach us on them internets at apologiachurch.com. Delicious beards are encouraged but not required. Glory. In the minds of the innocent, what is this? There's no competition, just dead and living. So come alive, be revived, we on that great commission. So of course we speak in the corpses, you citizen the So, you're no fired. Corpses. You're fired! <laughs> you ever watch that show? All the time. Did you really? Oh, every, I've seen I every season. I can't like that. Wow. Who, yeah. Who's this singing? That's Ivy. Ivy oh, Connolly. Ivy Connolly, my boy. Ivy. My boy. All right, so um, so let's let's talk. We're talking about current events stuff uh, that would be relevant always. Yes, that was bad grammar, but uh, don't care. <laughs> um, uh, all you grammar police all out the there, grammar Nazis are coming after they're you. Coming at me. Uh, come at me, bro. Uh, okay, so hey, real fast before I announce that, can we point everybody quickly to uh, Apologia Studios on YouTube, where we just did a special edition. Of Apologia TV. We did. And it was with Sam and Nia. Yes. Yes. Sam and Nia. They are the YouTube couple that had the famous Frozen video. I'm hoping that everybody's already seen it, though. Yeah. And that by this time, right? And uh, also, if it you, was really good. they were the, the ones. Timey wimey laws of space. A little bit. A little bit. Um, and they are also the ones that just had the pregnancy video that went viral where Sam um, uh, basically secretly did a pregnancy test. Uh, for his wife and uh, knew she was pregnant before uh, she did and so he films the entire thing and it went viral it was like as of like I mean like yesterday like 13 million views on YouTube but the really sad thing was it was about 24 hours later that she lost the baby she had a miscarriage Um, and so very very sad Um, but also a lot of joy in the midst of it so we had an episode of Apology TV we did with them that we really think you should see. If you know anybody that's had a miscarriage, I think it'll really bless them because uh, we talk a lot about just the comfort of God in the midst of trials. Yeah. They were really gracious to come on as quickly as yeah. they did and talk about it and stuff. Yeah. So, they're, and they're Christians. And we talked about this issue uh, in light of the abortion issue yeah. we face today uh, because it all is relevant. Uh, everybody's sharing this video that's so sweet and so beautiful and so fun about this girl, this lady who's pregnant now with this. I mean, she's early on in a pregnancy, and she's saying to her kids, "We're gonna have a baby. We're gonna have a baby. Mommy has a baby in her tummy." And uh, I mean, it's really touching. And then it was a day later that they um, had the miscarriage, and uh, they talked about God in the midst of it. And uh, it our was, baby had a heartbeat. Yeah, was the title of the video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So it, it's good. Trust me. Go to Apologia Studios. Check it out. And thank you once again to everybody who's all access for joining with us in the ministry so that we can do stuff like that. Um, I know I say it a lot because it means a lot. So that's why uh, we want to make sure you guys know how much we appreciate you. Um, all right. What are we doing here? Hold, oh. hold on. I was going to say, speaking of joy and sadness, and I'm not talking about the new Disney film Inside Out. Yeah. This is going to be wow, Joy's last thing. radio show for a while, mm-hmm. for a few months. Not forever. So I got to talk some people off the ledge a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. But for, for a few months, she's going to be out of town working in Illinois. Come on, feel the Illinois. Sufjan, what? Um, <laughs> What's up, farm girl? Yeah. So, what are you going to do on the farm, Joy? <laughs> she's um, going to get to cooking. Um, get to cooking. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Um, yeah, I'll be working. Actually, I will be working in the cafe there. Oh, oh that's so gem. awesome. Uh, mm. They do a big, huge fall festival. If you're in the uh, Barrington. Yeah, area, right? You can come visit me, Barrington, yeah. Illinois. Yep. Yeah. At uh, Gobert Farms, Pumpkin yeah. Farm, South Gobert's Barrington. Pump- you can't miss the the sign. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. As they and say there's there. a big pumpkin. That's what I mean. The sign is huge. Huge. That's huge. how they say it there in the Midwest. Huge. And huge. in Chicago, they say so they don't huge. Say, they don't say restaurant. No. But they do say they, huge. Sometimes the H's are silent. That's a huge sign. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Tony's Tony's head P. You remember him. Yeah. That's how he says huge. I guess if there's any word you've heard a lot, it's huge. Yeah. People yeah, say that to you. Man, you are you're, huge. You're a huge man. <laughs> That's a huge beard. Yeah. Amen. Um, okay. So we're going to miss you, Joy. Uh, we look forward to you getting back. Speaking um, of huge hair. Donald Trump, <laughs> the man's. I was going to make that same segue, Luke. I was yeah, going yeah. the same way. But yeah. I think if he, I don't immediately think of his hair. But that was I all we had. That hair. was all we had. His ego. Yeah. <laughs> That's good too. A huge ego. Huge ego. Huge ego. <laughs> all right. Some kind of car. Donald Trump. See, Go I was going to say, see, Joy has better segues. She does. So She's better at it. We than should me. just. Warn people for the next she few months. She wrote a segue in Chicago. We're sorry. I did. <laughs> she wrote no. a segue in Chicago. I did, wow. and they're amazing. And you, wore, and you even wore the helmet, you, you nerd. You have to wear the helmet. <laughs> no, before you call me a nerd, just know that the guy... Okay. We've done First like four all. or five awesome segues in this one segment. <laughs> now if we can actually segue <laughs> into the segment. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to tell you that a segue is an amazing piece of technology, and the guy that developed the segue is also the guy that developed prosthetics that work off of your electrical impulses and your nerve endings. That was very nerdish create, of you. To create movable prosthetics. Wow. So, just supporting a good cause. Yeah. I don't really know where I was going with that. You know what looks like those helmets you wear? Huh? Donald Trump's hair. Oh, <laughs> and we're back. And, and we're back. back. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay, so Donald Trump uh, talking to a dude on Fox News. Um, Hannity, that's who it is. <laughs> dude. <laughs> that's who it is. Dude. <laughs> Hannity. All right, so uh, this is Donald Trump talking about, I think, bribes. That's right. Yeah, this is bribes. She, the Clinton Foundation, of which Hillary's a part, they took money from countries like the UAE, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia. Women can't even drive. Right. I can't find a comment where she's been critical of Saudi Arabia. How, if she's going to say your comments are outrageous, 
What do you say back about her taking well, the money from a country that treats look, women horribly? I, I understand it, and you know what? If you're going to take the money from even countries that treat horribly, in all fairness, I'm not defending anything. And she took money from me, too. I gave money also to the Clinton <laughs> Foundation, and I did it because I'm a businessman. And I want to have access. I need access. Don't forget, John, until three months ago, I was a world-class businessman. I built a great company. You, you, you were stunningly honest when you said, I give Hillary money, I know she'll take my call. Or Nancy Pelosi, I give her money, I'll take my call. As a businessman. So when the Saudis give her money, and all these other countries gave money, yeah. were they buying access yeah, to her? Absolutely. There's no question about it. They were buying so access. So our system's really corrupt. Uh, it's a bad thing. And I say that all the time. I say, hey, nobody <laughs> knows the system better than I do. Because I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, what in the world? No, Is it's it? it's a bad thing. And no one knows it better than me. Because I do it. Because I do it all the time. He sounds like the mafia. They, <laughs> you know, the mob, they'd always is, be like, oh, well, I'm just a businessman. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a businessman. It's just business. It's just business, y'all. Exodus 23.8. And you shall take no bribe. For a bribe blinds the clear-sighted and subverts the cause of those who are in the right. And that's obviously speaking about the issue of justice, but foundational truths, relevant always, Proverbs 15, 27. Whoever is greedy for unjust gain troubles his own household, but he who hates bribes will live. Ecclesiastes 7, 7. Surely oppression drives the wise into madness, and a bribe corrupts the heart. He's like, yeah. You, yeah. you quote those to Trump, he goes, uh-huh, yeah, that's yeah. me. That's me. <laughs> that's me. That's me. Wow. Yep, yep. It's real bad. It's real, real bad. Exodus 18.21, the requirements for electing an official is a man who fears God, is trustworthy, and does not take a bribe. Amen. <laughs> so I, I may, so, maybe I missed it, but did Hannity ask him, like... If you're elected president, will you continue to take bribes? Yeah, yeah. Now, that would be cutting journalism, and yeah. Hannity doesn't really do cutting journalism. No, it's because he's the dude. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the dude. Um, yeah, so that's uh, Trump on bribes. Here's uh, so That's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or... Uh, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. thing. <laughs> 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 that is the Big Lebowski, and we just made a lot of people very happy. <laughs> I, was trying to get that. I was trying so hard to get it in. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that, that segues me into talking about, real quickly, the Giphy app for Messenger. It's I good. Love it. It's good. Love it. But there is like a whole slew of Big Lebowski gifts, and I could spend all day sharing them. Continue. Yes, continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Trump on bribes. Part two. Uh, this is part two, so let's listen. I was on the other side of the system at the highest level, and people would come up, senators, uh, speakers. I had people come up to my office, the biggest people in the world, and they'd say, money. Now, let me, let me put it differently, and I discussed this with you before. I say, absolutely. I'm a businessman. Republican, I'm a conservative, but I'm a businessman. Let's say I say, no, I'm not going to give you anything. Congratulations, you're doing a wonderful job. The answer is no. Now, two years later, I go up to see them in Washington and I need an approval for something. They're not going to give me the approval. And let me tell you something. That's a corrupt system. That's a bad system. When that happens, that's a bad system. <laughs> so we had Colin Gunn Truth. on the show. Truth. And he said, what's worse than socialism? Crony, crony capitalism, capitalism. Yeah. and that's exactly what Donald Trump is to the core 
is a crony capitalist. Yes. Would that be, could we call that capitalism? Capitalism. <laughs> you know who he reminds me of? Um, a, what are those little dolls with the hair that's up like that? Troll. The troll. The troll. Yeah, 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 and there's yeah, a name. Yeah. Is Besides it, that. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay, that and. Uh, and then. Remember the movie with Jim Carrey where he couldn't tell a lie? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly who Donald Trump is. Like, oh, that's funny. Everybody loves him for his honesty, yeah. but you kind of want him to be just a little bit more discreet. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, all right, dude, we know you'll never lie to the American people, but we don't want to know everything. All your dirt. We don't need to know all the dirty. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, Liar, Liar. That was, a, that was an interesting so, film. Pants on fire. Yeah. Liar, Liar. Well... Okay, so um, he that's talks about abortion too. Pants on fire. <laughs> Let's make this a segue. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, can I just give a little plug here for God's law? <laughs> this episode is brought to you by, by God's, God's law. law. Um, so it's interesting. The law of God in a culture and society actually looks very libertarian now this is i'm not advocating for particular political parties now okay so don't don't take that i mean we're we're children of the king it's about christ it's not about right and left and we don't you know not not supposed to be hanging on those things Uh, but the law of god if you were to say like functionally in a society what does it look like it looks very libertarian i think it was rush that's a moral libertarianism not a yeah american libertarian yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and and i think yeah 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 yeah. rush dooney uh i think is quoted somewhere as saying that um uh the law of god in a society looks very much like the radical libertarianism um and it's interesting because when you have a, a a standardless society as we do today and it's ultimately standardless because there's no ultimate authority except for the individual's um, it's a standardless society. When you have a standardless society, you have a society that ultimately has so many laws, ridiculous um, uh, amounts of legislation uh, that you just get just weighed down. I mean, you're, you're committing felonies every single day in the United States, and you don't even know it because of all the laws. You can never obey them all. Uh, so you've got our nation that rejects God you just now. Broke a law just now. Yeah, and his authority. And now we have just thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of legislation that no one can even possibly catch up with and master. And you look at just one area of legislation, Obamacare. I mean, it's just so massive. Who can possibly even know how to begin to address those things? There's no way. And so you've got a nation that says no to God, and you've got pounds and pounds and pounds of paper by the metric ton um, of legislation and you've got a little book over here called the Bible and you've got hmm. uh, little sections of legislation uh, that are case law scenarios that are, are actually actually our nation, uh, our judicial system is based upon the biblical judicial system of case law. So here's a little plug for God's law. God's law in a society, we look to God's law as the standard, rightfully divided. Um, you have a society that's very free um, not a lot of ridiculous legislation. It's it's for justice. It's to punish evildoers. I mean, the the function and role of the civil magistrate in the Bible is about punishing evildoers and enforcing contracts. So you know, Marcus brought up earlier, like Sesame Street and the government being in television. It's like that's not a biblical role for government, not at all. Nothing even like that. And um, and you look at, again, a biblical form of government that seeks to glorify God, that looks to his word as a standard, is very, very free. Um, and uh, you ask yourself a question. What system of law do you want to be under? 
a system of law that looks to God's standards or one that looks at autonomous man, men and women. Um, I'll take God's law. And uh, and I think here is just a, oh, gosh, Mike, beautiful example with Trump as the one of the most popular candidates now <laughs> in the presidential <laughs> election. That is you just believe it? corrupt to the core mm-hmm. and, and just like, yeah, that's me. I think we're just so thirsty for just an honest candidate who's not part of the political system. Yeah. That will just take anybody who we can get. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. And uh, and you look at the corruption like that uh, exists and people still, after total corruption that leads to even death, um, they're still like on the ballot. Like they're still making their way through. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's just a really an amazing thing. And, and I, I long for the day. And look forward to the day because God promises um, total victory in the scriptures where um, we have a society that actually establishes justice and looks to God's word uh, for that. And uh, that's coming uh, as a result of the gospel transforming the hearts and minds of people. It's going to change the world. And uh, remember that passage I read at the beginning? This is a beautiful little circle. The passage I read at the beginning of this episode, Isaiah 42, talks about what God's intention is with Messiah. And it's not just about personal private salvation it's about god turning the world which went from a garden to a desert back into a garden again and god establishing justice in the earth as he brings his light to the nations that's what's up What's up, y'all? This is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio at ApologiaRadio.com. Want to talk to you guys about an amazing connection that we have right now with Whitfield Theological Seminary. I want you to run over to Whitfield.edu, Whitfield.edu, W-H-I-T-E-F-I-E-L-D.edu. I want you to check out the programs they have. They have undergraduate programs at Whitfield College, and they also have Whitfield Theological Seminary for the graduate degree and above and beyond. I, I think you'll really be impressed with the rigorous nature of the classes, the consistent biblical worldview taught and adhered to. I want you to contact Whitfield Theological Seminary at whitfield.edu. Get a hold of our friend, Dr. Kenneth Talbot, and start your classes today. Apologiaradio.com. can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go tell that long-tongued liar, go and tell that midnight rider, tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter, tell him that God's gonna cut him down. I love this probably the best version in all of history. Well my goodness. Yeah, Elvis. Yeah, this um but Elvis did Elvis juking us. <laughs> I'm a big Elvis fan. Elvis did a really good uh version of this as well. If you don't if you don't know. 
It's it's a little more like fifties, and it's not as it's not as like rugged as that. It's you know, it's, it's a bit, Elvis. It's a bit more floppy. What a word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking. I was like, I didn't like it flopping <laughs> around. Or hippie. Uh, yeah. Hip. But it's good. It's, it's good. Sure. It's really good. Um, hey, you want to know some inform- inside information about Elvis? A lot of people don't know. They ever tell it. So I got. A, I had a friend. Um, 1996. Um, and his name was Paul Lichter, and um, he owned a. He still owns, actually, I believe, a Elvis artifact kind of museum private museum right and he was elvis's assistant manager i think for the last 10 years of his life if I remember if i remember that correctly why well, he used to teach his son uh, private lessons um and uh he, he i knew him for a long time i never knew what he did he'd always show up with the most amazing vehicles and i i was a world champion so i charged a lot of money for private lessons and he was doing them like twice a week and i was like i don't even know what this guy does and so I finally asked him one day. Donald Trump. Yeah, I asked one day. I was like, because you know, I was I was getting paid well to teach private lessons, and I said I said to him, I said, "What do you do? Like, what are you doing? Like, every week you come in like a new Highline vehicle." And I was like, "What do you do?" He said, "Oh, I own a private Elvis museum." And I was like, "That's amazing! I'm a huge fan of Elvis." He's like, "Really?" And he told me all about his story and everything else. But he told me this. This is really cool. So I was joking around one day, and I was like, "So is Elvis really dead?" Uh huh. Or is he like, yeah. is he somewhere in hiding? You know, I'm just kind of teasing with him at the karate school. And he goes, You know, it's interesting, Jeff. He goes, Two weeks before Elvis's death, he goes, I know you're a Christian. He goes, Two weeks before Elvis's death, death, Elvis called me and I was on the phone with him. And he was just very sorrowful. And, uh, and he said, He told me that um, he was really sorry about where his life had gone. And that, um, you know, his roots were in gospel music when he first started and he was a Christian and that was what his life was going to be about. He says life took a turn and he let the fame and the stardom get to him. And he said that he, he had turned his life back to Christ and he wanted to give up music and, and go run away somewhere and just be a missionary somewhere and let everyone forget who he was. He was like, so he told me that two weeks before he died. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> what are you saying? So he just looked at me and I was like, hmm. <laughs> Are you messing with me right now? I was like, but uh, so that's a little inside information about Elvis Presley that I learned. Um, and uh, so he said that basically that once a year he would sell an Elvis artifact, like a guitar or a jumpsuit or something to like a famous person. Mm-hmm. So like that year he had sold something to like, let's say uh, Guns N' Roses. Somebody from Guns N' Roses bought like an Elvis guitar. Yeah. And, he, and I was like, really? So I was like, how much stuff do you have? And he's like, well, I have enough to do one artifact a year that will keep me and my wife happy for the rest of our lives and my son and his child happy for the rest of their lives. Wow. I was like, wow. He actually had one of Elvis's jumpsuits with blood still on it. Wow. From um, uh, when he was practicing Kempo in it. It's wow. Kempo. Wow. <laughs> Kempo. <laughs> anyway alright so let's get back to the show um, let's talk about the issue of abortion brothers and sisters do not get jaded to this please 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 do not get jaded to this we are in, a, in, a, in an amazing moment right now as a Christian church we can actually engage the issue of abortion in an effective meaningful way with the gospel because of the Planned Parenthood videos please don't get jaded please do not get indifferent to it Please keep sharing the content with Planned Parenthood, the Undercover Sting videos. Listen, what I fear is that 
we as a Christian church will become softened to it. We lose steam quickly. We don't have persistence and discipline. Like we go, ah, oh, up in arms, up in arms, baby parts, selling baby parts, ah. Oh. And then all of a sudden it's like, just like our mind goes numb and then we forget and we walk away from it. And then guess what? They expect that and they're waiting for you to stop talking about it. And, 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 and right. if we live like that, then we don't use this moment that, listen, the radical leftists, the unbelievers and skept- the, 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 the um, secularists, are, they will use an, an, an event or something as an opportunity to push their agenda until they get what they want. They have discipline, big checkbooks, consistency. And brothers and sisters, with my whole heart, I'm begging you, please don't lose steam on this issue. It's a perfect moment for us to maintain consistency, to preach the truth in the midst of this. So we're going to talk about abortion again, and it's very important. And we're going to do a little discussion surrounding Glenn Beck and his discussion on his show regarding the issue of abortion. I think it's very important to hear because it cuts to the core of one of the things that I think keeps abortion legal, and that's the ridiculous bootleg arguments surrounding abortion, incest, and the life of the mother. Um, but this is Glenn Beck talking about it, and I think it's important for us to hear. But I think the science is clear that when a child, when there is conception... He's playing, by the way, the same clip we played last yeah, week. Yeah, so that's actually uh, Marco Rubio. Was it Marcus? Marcus, 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 Marcus Rubio. Marco Rubio. Yeah. Chris Cuomo and uh, Marco Rubio. Here we go. That is a human life in the early stages of its total development, and it is worthy of the protection of our laws. And I'm not in favor of destroying Great. human life because people decide that somehow they're going to make some obscure scientific argument in the opposite. I hope we are always a country that errs on the side of life. Nice. Boom. I mean, that's really nice. amazing. And really that's, amazing. You know, it's a tough thing, and I think uh, you're, the Democrats will like that he's taking a position uh, like this because they will find polls that show that people want those exceptions. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just... But I have to tell I you, this cares. shows real character. Yeah. It does. To go at this point, to go on CNN. It's one thing to go on Fox and say this. It's another thing to go on CNN and say, yeah. dude... Right after At the, the moment of conception, this is not a popular stance. Yeah. And, and by the and way, it's, uh, let me say this. It is the only thing that is inconsistent that I know of in my thinking it is the only thing that I cannot reconcile. And that is, I believe this is life. I believe that uh, abortion is wrong. With the exception of rape and incest. And- Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. I believe at conception. Now I'm glad yes, there's a bit of he's admitting here he's inconsistent. That he, yeah, he's inconsistent. A life begins at conception, and he wants to make these um, exceptions mm-hmm. for rape and incest. But you need to hear why, though. I'll go ahead and play through some more of this, so you can hear his reasoning as to why he's inconsistent. And it's the only thing I can't rectify. Or mother's life endangerment. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and last night they tried to press both Rubio and Walker on that, and they both kind of stuck to it. And and Walker afterwards, after the debate, sat down with somebody I, I can't remember who, and they said, "Are you really, are you really against an exception if the mother's life is in danger?" And he said, "It's a false choice. When does that ever happen? Yeah. When do you? When will aborting a baby ever save them? Is this eighteen like twelve? It's eighteen twelve. All of a sudden, right? It, mm. it hardly ever point. happens anymore. But you know, you could make the argument on the other side that maybe that's a reason to make that conce- that concession. Is it? It, it almost is never or, the case. Or we where could you're just with that choice, uh, not call it an abortion, but a delivery. 
and try to save the baby. Mm. Just an idea. Mm. There's yeah. a difference between yeah, delivering and, and, a baby and, and, and the... ripping it out. <laughs> so if the mother's life mm -hmm. really yeah, genuinely right. is in danger in the very, very, very rare cases, let's try to deliver the baby and save the life of Bo. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, and it's so rare as it is that it, it's just an opportunity to use it as a basis for abortion yeah. at will. Yeah. For any reason at all. And and think about this for a second too. Um it's it's one of those op it's one of those examples of people using this least common kind of thing uh for their agenda. So it's I see it like this. It's like asking me the question if you were in some sort of a car accident and your car is slipping off the edge of a cliff without any guard rails and your wife and your son are in the vehicle and it's about to fall off and you can only grab one. I'd try to grab Which both of them at grab? the same time. <laughs> try, try to grab both of yeah, them. Why are you giving me this false choice? And and why do you have to give such an yeah. obscene example? Because we're talking about a thousand babies a day with Planned Parenthood. There's more killed every day in America, but a thousand babies a day by Planned Parenthood. And this is the argument being used to sort of like keep this legal. Well, like, what if like you were hanging off a cliff and you can only save like either your wife or your son, and like you had to decide between the two? It's like. Wait, why do I? Right. Why am I given this choice? And I like the point. Was this 1812? Yeah, yeah. Like we don't have <laughs> medical science that like actually allows for us to save the lives of our wife and baby. And it's just another example of the propaganda. It's unrighteous, wicked yeah, propaganda that seeks to push this stuff. Or worse, it gets worse. Okay, Joy, do you, are you anything? Yeah, but right. if you give them that little bit of room, but if you they give will, them that bit it'll of room, become, yeah. uh, you might I, win the argument. We're, again, we're talking theoretical things here because this is obviously in, in the year 2015 is incredibly rare. To me, in theory, absolutely, I'm completely fine with you choosing your wife over your over an unborn baby. Uh, oh. oh. Mm -hmm. Really? Are we really? Like, is that how parents live with their kids? Like if I, if, if I was, if I was in a situation with my wife and my kids, right? I, I guarantee you right now, if I was in a situation where it was, it, and Candy would fully agree with me, where it was our lives or the lives of our children, we're choosing every single time out of the gate. Yeah, you know, I also heard it said like, what if die? your child was running out into the road? Would you jump in front of the car to save your child? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course you would. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, but if a mother gives her life to that. bring her child to term, like she's not seen as a hero. Yeah, she's seen as someone who should have just yeah. aborted her child. Marcus, did you see that story uh, a while back of the woman mm. who like had cancer or something like that, and and the doctors told her, you know, you're not going to live. Uh, you have to, you got to abort the baby or you're not going to live. You know, the whole thing was like, you're very sick and this, you can't do this. It's, it's for your own life. And she carried the baby to term and gave birth and like, she's terminally ill. And, uh, so what did she do? She was right. willing to sacrifice her own life for the sake of the baby. And I think it was, I don't remember the details. Maybe somebody can help me with this, but like she did something to risk her own life and, in 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 carrying the baby and then delivering the baby um, by like not taking certain medications yeah, that she needed like for her cancer or something like radiation that. Radiation so, or chemotherapy or anything like that. So your yeah. cancer can spread and get yeah, to so a stage that you can't come back from. 
So how noble and beautiful is that, that mm. this mother said, my baby comes first. Um, now, I know this is a sensitive topic if any mothers listening to this have been through this. But here's the point. We can discuss this issue in a way that's sensible without actually using it as a basis to kill babies at will. You see, that's the point. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Some more. Baby. Yeah. If you have to choose one, yeah, I'm completely fine with you. You're going with that the mother a, of your That's a the moral choice. The, the rape and incest no, thing is different. It is no. a moral the choice. The rape and incest thing is completely different, I, I, I would argue. Uh, see, I, I have to tell you, it's not a choice. You do not choose life. Life chooses you. So when mm, uh, if, that's if not true. Baby, I mean, when you're defending yourself, if, if a rapist comes in and starts, it points a gun at you. You choose to take that person out. Yeah, but that's not. But right. But you're that is an outside life. force. This is life taking its natural course. You're having a baby mm. now. I, uh, this is not my argument. I'm just this is this is what keeps me up on this argument because I can't solve it in my head. Mm. I choose my wife. Okay, mm-hmm. but with that being said. God is choosing. But you could say that about a disease. I mean, it, it, there's a disease that's natural that comes and attacks, and there's you choose to, to, to oh it's my goodness. It's not, it's not human life. It's I'm cancer. Not, uh, <laughs> I, I, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the discussion yeah. took a turn and for it the only worse. Gets better. Didn't it, though? Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, here's the... Here's, can I say something real fast? Well, here's the problem with um, a show like this. As good as it is, Glenn Beck's an entertaining show. Is he? They're good at what they do. It's quality, those sorts of things. But when, honestly, when you have these political discussions devoid of an ultimate standard like the Word of God, you're going to run into these problems. Yep. At yep. some point, it's going, you're going to catch a hitch in your step. <laughs> I just like to see how Luke reacts to that. But it's going it's gonna, to gonna create problems somewhere down the line. And here, I think, on the Glenn Beck show, as much as they may get stuff right at times that would be consistent with Scripture, here's an example of where you start to fall off. I agree. And so I have I agree. two Look, lives that I have two to lives choose. And you have to choose one of them, mm-hmm. right? And I don't have to choose. The Lord will choose. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, that's a horrible right. thing, and I don't like that. And that's why I'm not. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm for rape, incest, and life of the mother. I'm for those conditions, but it feels wrong to me. It feels wrong to me, but I can't for I can't get myself into that place because mm-hmm. it, it just it that feels like I have no compassion at all. OK, um, it feels wrong to you because it is wrong to you. The conflict he should embrace. That's a real conflict because it's a moral conflict. Why, why does it feel wrong to you? To kill the baby in an instance of rape or incest, because it is wrong to right. murder a baby for the sins of right. the father. It's, it's wrong for it to murder a child for the sins of the father. Since when do we give capital punishment to children because the fathers commit crimes? Anywhere else in America, show me where we give the death penalty to children because the father has committed a crime. We don't do it anywhere because it's unjust. And that's why it's a moral problem for Glenn Beck, and that's why he struggles with it, because it really is a moral issue, and you're wrong on this issue. Now, can I say something? I want you guys to jump in on this, please. Um, when he says... I feel like I have to accept those things because I feel like I, if I don't, I have, it's like I have no compassion. I actually want to push on that and say, no, well, now you there sound like you have no compassion. there is that Orwellian switch that we've talked about. So, so yes. when, yeah. so if somebody says like, I'm, I'm against abortion no matter what, what they're saying is I am against the murder of children. But um, that switch, when that switch occurs, you basically... Uh, you're made out to be a pro rapist or pro incest or pro mm. like anti women's yeah. like mother's health care. 
So instead of you just being able to say, I'm against killing babies no matter what, because they're humans and it's killing no mm-hmm. matter what, they, they switch it and they say, yes. well, what you're saying is you like it when women get raped. You like it when there's incest. You like it when moms die. And that's just not even what anyone's saying. Yeah. But unfortunately, Glenn Beck no, is, no. I mean, a lot of us and Glenn Beck included are buying into this switch and, and treating that switch like it's yes. true instead of just saying, no, no, I have compassion for the rape victim, but I'm still not okay. I'm not pro-rape, but I'm still against murdering babies. Yeah, and he goes on He goes on to say... No, that's right. Did you say... Clip, we don't have time to play it, but right. he goes on to say that rape is okay because you can use RU-486. So, yeah. Yeah. Joy, did you or, say an Owellian? Owellian. Uh, I like Owell. that. Mm-hmm. Owellian. You're good. See what I did there? Oh, good job. Looks good at that. Um, so, okay, <laughs> <Who>? so... <laughs> rape, rape. Um, what, it, what is... Ask the person who's the advocate for abortion because of uh, the, inc- the instance of rape. Ask the person, what is wrong with rape? And obviously, they'll get all up in arms. What do you mean, what's wrong with rape? What's wrong with you? How could you say something like that? Rape is a violation of another person. It's taking liberties with their body against their will. And, you know, you keep coming you keep coming with it. Tell me what's wrong with rape. And everything the person says that's wrong with rape is ultimately what's taking place in the issue of abortion. So you don't solve the problem of the rape by actually perpetrating the same foundational moral atrocity upon a well, little baby. The mother's and, pain, either by that, you just add murder no. to the list of things that she yeah. has to deal with. She's already dealing with the trauma yeah. of a rape, and then, in addition to it, she's now yeah. a murder. Like it's just, it doesn't do anything for anybody. Yeah. All it does is kill a baby. Yeah. Mm. Tell people you don't get to have the emotional impact um, when it comes to the issue of rape anymore when you tell me that we can kill the baby as a result of it because because saying you advocate for the murder of a child as a result of rape is to take away the foundational problem of rape that's the point and so why is it inconsistent why are you having a moral conflict mr beck because it's a real moral conflict because now you're advocating for the very same things that you say you condemn um, let me tell you what, there are Christians galore that would love to take these babies. Mm-hmm. They would. You know how I know? My church is full of them. Our church is full of them. That's just our church. And I and when I've mentioned to people publicly, we go out and offer, you know, to adopt the babies. These women say, like, okay, I won't do it. Will you take my baby? I've announced that on social media before. And do you know how many emails I get from oh, people yeah. that say, Jeff, can you please keep my wife and I on a list? We will take whatever babies. Mm-hmm. I At this point, lost count. Honest, lost count. Sometimes I'm like, I don't even know how. No one wants to give us their babies. Right. No one wants to give us their babies. That's what's so sad about it. Yeah. Like Everyone's all excited. I'll take the babies too, Jeff. I'll take the babies too. And I'm like, they don't want to give them up. Right. They tell us. I couldn't give my baby up for adoption, and then they go inside the door and they kill their baby. Right. So don't tell me that it's an it's 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 morally acceptable to say for the instances of rape and incest. It doesn't work, and that's why he feels the moral conflict. And again, to highlight something real quick, and then we're done with this show. You actually, you actually demonstrate a lack of compassion 
when you advocate for those things mm -hmm. because now you've you're finding yourself defending murder that seems like there's no compassion for the baby so if you want to seem like the most compassionate person advocate for life dis hate on <laughs> destroy any idea of abortion in a culture that's a compassionate person because it shows compassion for the most innocent and mm -hmm. helpless in the discussion and that's that baby that's that baby all right good show is this who's this it's just a das mom. das boot das boot no it's not das boot das boot won't come on the show <laughs> we'll get him we'll get him uh, that's king ginger <laughs> Enjoy the girl. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> the bear. Get us at apologiaradio.com. Don't forget to sign up for the all access, guys. Get the television show, the after show, Apology Academy, which is coming soon. All the additional stuff that we put out there on the couch. Everything else that's happening here. You join with us in ministry by signing up for all access at apologiaradio.com. I'm Nathan Bell. And I'm Greg Dutcher. Greg and I have the privilege of co-hosting These Go to 11 podcasts. We cover everything from amillennialism to Zeus worship. See what I did there, bro? A to Z? Yeah, but we do talk a lot about everything. Theology, movies, books, politics, and we have great guests on too. Tim Challey, Stephen Altrogi, Dr. John Frame, authors that make us think. And we're not afraid of controversy either. Calvinism and Arminianism, charismatic gifts. If it's a lightning rod, then we're going to set it high on the roof in a thunderstorm. So join us each week. At least one new episode is released every Tuesday night after 10 because every episode goes to what, Greg? Oh, we'll just let Nigel say it. These go to 11.